0: Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. All the time, but do we really know what it means? Right? Do we know? (laughs) Thanks for being honest, David. (laughs) Right? No idea what that means. Don't even know. The word Lord, it's in the Bible all over the place. Do we know what it means? Have we really surrendered ourselves to him being Lord in our life? You know, so that's what we're talking about tonight. You actually be happiest when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you know? And so tonight though, we I'm going to split this message with a good friend of mine, an amazing, one of our crux leaders here. He's an incredible man. Uh, absolutely love him. One of the most generous people you will ever meet in your life, right? Seriously, absolutely incredible. He, this man really believes in the Lordship of Jesus following him, surrendering to him just at all costs. It's worth it to follow Jesus. And so I wanted this man to come up and speak tonight for a little bit on it. Welcome up, Kenneth. Come on down, Kenneth. Yes. Woo! All right. You got a following. This is great. All right. And so Kenneth, he's going to do awesome tonight. Okay. Hey, just stretch out a hand. We just pray for him. Because he's our, our friend, we love him. Lord, I thank you for Kenneth. I thank you for um, this message that's inside of his heart, that he didn't prepare this for you know a week or two weeks or whatever. He's been preparing it for decades as he's been pursuing you, as he's pursuing you as his Lord. This is something he carries. God, ask for peace to be on him. I ask that you'd speak to him and through him. And we say our hearts are open and ready and excited to learn more about you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for Kenneth, and bless him in your name. Amen. So, Kenneth, he's going to go ahead. He's going to take away and preach, and then he'll pull me back up, and I'll finish off afterwards, okay? Go
1: for it, bro. You're going to do great. You're going to awesome, thank man. You. Oh, man, you guys are oh. <laughs> so good. You guys are so awesome. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, thank you. For those I haven't been able to meet yet, my name is Kenneth. Um, and, yeah, Pastor Taylor, he, uh, you know, he just said, hey, Kenneth giving me this opportunity to talk, and I really felt in my heart that there's a, a topic of lordship, and just, it's a pretty important topic for me, um, and I wanted to take you through the process of how I kind of discovered lordship, um, so yeah, Pastor Taylor, he is right, you know, sometimes we, we pray, and we start off by prayer and say, dear Lord, how many of you guys do that, dear Lord, right, a whole bunch, right, yeah, I remember that, <laughs> so we say, dear Lord, I remember when I, was first, um, when I first started to know God, um, so this was back in 2014, um, a little backstory of mine, I grew up in a Christian family, born and raised, um, and I did everything that you're supposed to do in a Christian family, but then in 2013, my life hit a really low point in my life, like just rock bottom, and in 2014, that's when I discovered or started to discover who God was personally. Uh, in that time, I didn't, um, I was pretty rebellious, I guess. But I would uh, when I prayed, I wouldn't pray dear Lord. I grew up doing that though. Dear Lord, dear Lord. Um, but I just said God because in my heart, it, he wasn't really Lord, right? <laughs> he was just like God. And then it was a it was a process, a development process where I started to say, Oh, why do people say dear Lord? It's like, oh I wonder what should I start saying dear Lord? And what does that mean if I say dear Lord? And I really wanted my words, what I say, to match up with my actions. Um, so I want to tell you just um, a little bit about my process of lordship. And first of all, just going off of what is lordship. So anybody, anybody have a quick answer for that? Throw your hands up there. What is lordship? Great, because I, I brought you guys something. <laughs> lordship. So lordship basically, I think lordship ultimately is the mark of a mature Christian. Um, that when, you, when you're able to say, not my will, but yours, yours be done, kind of like how Jesus said it on the day that he went to the cross, uh, I just always picture that, like, Jesus being like, oh, I don't want to take this cup from me. I really don't want to do this. But, you know, if it's your will, then then let it be. I think that's what lordship is. Ultimately, lordship is obedience. Um, and obedience is, is not when we feel like it. It's not – obedience isn't a convenience. Um, and I'm going to talk about obedience a little bit. But um, obedience, basically, if, if you're ever, like, around military or um, – For example, I I get to work for the fire department, so we're a paramilitary. So basically, if a chief says, do that, you say, okay, how much, how high, you just do it. Um, That's obedience, we hear and then we do, and we trust the person, the leadership that's giving us that information um, instead of asking why. And and I really, I grew to trust my leaders, my chief, because I know that he's not gonna put me in danger, because number one, we care for each other. Um, And then that's God, too. You know, and sometimes we have issues. I definitely had a big issue, trust issue with God. Um, I remember in 2014, I stood up and kind of in a room like this and I, I pointed to every single person in um, this dramatic moment. I told everybody that I didn't trust them and that I didn't trust God um, because I had a lot of issues. I got a lot of pains in my heart from past relationships. So I had a tough time trusting, but God was so good that he started breaking that um, first to the relationships that were around me, and then slowly just revealing things and how he's a promise keeper um, and how he wants the best for me in my life. And then it's like the golden nuggets in your heart. It's not the things like, oh, yeah, I really want like a an N64. I remember one. That was like the thing I wanted, a, a Nintendo 64 or a Game Boy Advance. I remember I was like pestering my dad. like me. A, I called it Gabba, like for short. So I was like, oh, I want a Gabba, Gaba, Gabba. But it's, it's like those little things where it's like, oh, I want to... I actually want a good relationship with my dad. And those are the kind of things that God sees because those are the treasures that we seek in our heart. And leading to that, um, I want to tell you my story. Um, so this starts back in 2014. Um, I went to this place called Youth of the Mission. Um, a lot of my stories are from there. But basically, if you guys don't know what Youth of the Mission is, it's for three months we go to this, uh, this place. Uh, let's, I went to Hawaii. Um, and for three months, we learn about God and who God is and, um, and just that's it. That's all you do for three months. And then for the last three months, you go out to different um, nations. So I got to go to New Zealand um, and I got to go to Korea and you practice what you've learned. And I was part of a performing arts group. So we would do all these dancing and singing things um, and also put into, put into practice, <laughs> put into practice uh, um, just all the things that we learn. So anyways, this, this story starts off in the last week of that first three months. Um, I think it was like midway through the week, and, you know, our team grew really close to each other, and actually, Crux reminds me a lot about that team, and just the love that you guys have for each other, that we have for each other. It's so easy to say, hey, I love you, Mitchell, like, I love you, Taylor, I love you, Brianna. I love you, Grace, and I love you, Lauren. I can go through the whole room, and I will, but that's going to take up all my time, so I won't but it's it's so easy to do that because it's just we grew together and everyone's so lovable. So it was kind of like that similar situation and I was saying hey I love you Mariah, I love you David, Maria Um, Maria was my leader at that time Um, and (coughs) so yeah that's the situation anyways so there's two more days and we were going to leave to this place called Outreach to the great land of New Zealand Um, (laughs) and then Right before, like, it was a random thought that crossed my mind, um, but I heard, I was, I don't know what I was doing, but I felt this impression or this thought come to my mind that said, hey, hey, Kenneth, um, you know, you say you love your group and all these people around you, and you're soon you're about to go to uh, New Zealand, and you're going to say to strangers that, um, that we love you and that I love them, I as in God. Um, I love them, but, um, but are you able to turn around and uh, say it to to the person behind you and I knew what that meant that um, that person behind me was my family um, specifically my dad um, and I was like whoa um, that's a good question that's a very good question very uh, convicting question uh, and during this time you know I was in the development process of, of learning to hear what God's voice is so I was a pretty big skeptic I was like hmm, is that you God or is this my idea um, so I wasn't sure and one of the biggest questions I would always ask was is that you God and I think that's a, a solid question that we can always ask. It's like, is that you, God? And, and search him. Because um, I think in the Bible, it says in the Bible, when you, when you search him, when you seek him, um, you, he will be found. Um, so basically, I, I took some time. Um, we, had, we just ate supper, and we had a few hours um, to, to kill. That's what they say in Canada, supper. So we had a few hours to kill. Um, before the next agenda, and during that time, I felt like I had to figure this out. Like I had to figure out if it was God. So I was wandering out throughout the campus, and then Hawaii is beautiful, and there was this like, big set of stairs, and as I was walking down the stairs, I saw this beautiful sunset. Imagine the Hawaiian sunsets that you can see on the commercials. And I was like, wow, that's, like, that's amazing, that's beautiful. God, this must be you, Like your majesty, your beauty, it's all going to be okay. You love me not nah. <laughs> like, all right okay nah, nah. and and i was trying to like make it god you know i don't know if you've ever had those moments where you're like yeah that's you god that's the sign but in your heart it's like eh, eh. you not. you don't really believe it um it was one of those kinds of things um, and then i ended up finding a rock to sit on so i sat on this rock and then above my head there was a swarm of flies and i was like oh god is that you like, all these flies represent the chaos in my mind and my spirit, and if I just do this, then all of this will be okay, and I was like, hmm, no, that's not God. You know, we try to find the little things, and even, like, I actually ended up in, like, the very bottom corner of the campus, and and, and I found this little random cross. Like, it, it shouldn't have been there, but there was this cross, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's super Christian, that must be God, so... I was super dramatic, and I went, I had my hill songs going, and I got on my knees, and I was like, yes, this is going to be you, God. Um, and then for three minutes and 30 seconds, I even produced a tear. I was like, oh, this is, this is amazing. And then after the song ended, I took my headphones off, I was like, no, no, that's not. It was very emotional, but it wasn't God. You know, and sometimes, well, like, emotions, it's, it's not always um, God, and sometimes it gets mixed up. Um, so defeated, I, I walked back to my uh, classroom. Um, I was already late, and then they were sharing testimonies. We share testimonies before we go out on outreach. Um, and this girl, I sat in the back quietly, and I started uh, sketching out on a, a piece of paper towel. Um, it was the lyrics to Oceans at that time. That's when it came out. And just, I don't know, just to do something. And then the girl that was speaking, she was uh, sharing her testimony about her family, and all of a sudden her topic of her mom came up. And I was like, it caught my attention. Um, so I started listening, and then I realized, wow, her mom's, her relationship with her mom is very similar to the relationship that I have with my dad. Um, and I was like, ah. Oh. And at that moment, my heart kind of was like, yeah, God, I, I think it's you. So I, I left the classroom again, and I went all the way back up to my room. I grabbed my laptop. Um, I sat in the cafe where there's a little light, there's a light. And then there's like an outlet on the bottom. And I I was so cowardly, I did, you know, I was like, all right, I'm gonna write an email. And this is gonna be like one of the biggest moments in my life, but I'm gonna write an email that says I love you to my dad. Um, But God knew better because, you know, all my laptop, all the power was plugged in. And then just, I don't know if it was supernatural or something, or my laptop's just horrible, but my battery died. And my laptop just completely faded on me. And I was like, great. I can't write an email anymore. And almost at the same time, I think it was a little bit after, um, my phone, a text came in. I had a little flip phone at that time, 2014. Um, but and I thought it was one of my classmates down. saying, like, hey Kenneth, where are you? Like we're finishing up. Uh, I was like, oh, they care for me so much. Uh, it wasn't. But um, it was actually, it was actually even better though. Um, it was my dad. I was like, oh, what a co- coincidence, God? Or it's like, or is that really you, God? Um, basically, this is my dad, and the text read, um, call me, <laughs> oh, right, <laughs> comma, um, bank something, bank business. So it had nothing to do with, like, but it was like, all right, it said call me. So I was like, okay, God, I know what I have to do. Um, and, and now that's the first point I want to I wanna bring out. Um, it was really tough for me to obey, right? I was trying to look, at, look for all these signs and do all these kind of crazy things, but I realized at that moment, God meets us where we... Um, where we need to be um, met, and he helps us towards obedience, you know. He's, he doesn't want us to fail, and sometimes I think we have this concept that, oh, we must obey, and God's like the judge, and he's like, let's see if you make it, ha, ha, ha. It's like, no, it's like he wants, his desire is for our success. He, he wants, if he says something, hey, like, let's say, um, like, hey, so-and-so, I want you to, like, David, David, I want you to obey and do this. Like, he's not going to, like, try to trip you up and be like, huh, you failed. It's not, that's not his nature, um, because ultimately, God's heart and desire is He loves us, and He knows that in obedience, that we'll basically step into the best form of ourselves, and it's going to be the best thing for us. So He's all for us. But at the same time, just like He can't obey for us, you know, like like a coach, you know, when you're coaching somebody, you can't run for them. They have to do. They have to run. All you can do is be there, time and time again. Okay, uh, we have to do the obedience part. <laughs> Well, that one's for you. Um, and he'll go as far as he can so that we can succeed. Um, and then ultimately is the best thing. So um, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Anyways, I call my dad, and then dad starts talking about business. He can go on for, for a long time. Um, but then, you know, I pause and I, and I like, God, I have to say something. Um, and he's like, okay, what? He's like, um, I have to. Um, well, I, um, mm, mm, mm. You know, have you ever done something you like, really don't want to do, but you're just like, come on, just do it. It was one of those, man. It was so hard to say it, but I, I, had to, I forced myself, and I was like, I love you. I was like, what? And that's the worst. When they say, what? what you say? It's like, now you have to say it twice. And you're like, uh, I love you. And he's like, and you know, I don't know what I expected. You know, Maybe I thought I expected a Disney moment where it's like the stars are going to like twinkle and all that. But, um, but no, that didn't happen. Actually, what I got was I knew it. Hey, you're like the prodigal son. And you're coming back, and you say, I love you. It's like, I was like, what? That's like one of the worst things you can say. Like, I, I poured out my heart to you. I obeyed. And, and it's kind of taught me something. And I was actually kinda a little bit frustrated. I was like, oh, oh, man, I obeyed. Gosh, shouldn't good things happen? But, but no, it's like, and something I learned is that obedience may not always fulfill your expectations. However, it will always be good at the end. Um, so frustrated, I, was, I started listening, and I did one of these things. If you're on the phone, I don't know if you've ever done it where you don't really want to listen to a person, and they're still talking, and you can kind of hear them chatter, but the phone's out here. I, I was doing one of those things. I was like, okay, all right, all right, when should I go back? Do they know that I'm not listening? All right. But then in my heart, it, it, there was a conviction. I was like, you know, Kenneth, just try to listen to your dad. Like is this, this is, you know, practice, practicing love. So I said, like, okay. I put the phone back to my ear and I started listening, and it was actually really, like really good things that he was saying, and it was a lot of wisdom, a lot of advice, fatherly advice, um, and it was good. And I chose to do that. So then I, I was listening, and then you know we ended the conversation. I was like, okay, yeah, I love you one more time. Um, and after I hung up, and now I was like, okay, now what, God? Like I obeyed. Like this was a big thing in my life. So I didn't really know what happened next. This was actually one of my first times. Anyways, I started walking away, and all of a sudden, like, deep inside of me, this erupting feeling of joy, just like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys ever felt that before. It just started to overwhelm inside of me, um, kind of like a dog when, like, you go away for a long time, and then your dog, like, welcomes you back. So, like, spiritually, my tail was, like, going everywhere. It was, was wagging. And I was just like, ah! um it was so exciting that i i it was like midnight and i went to my friend's door and like knocked on their doors like is so-and-so there's like no they're in the prayer room okay see ya i went to my leaders knocked on their door they were there i spoke to them for like 30 minutes kept them up all night i didn't care because in obedience we unlock overwhelming joy and that's what i want to uh, bring down and, and what I, and i'm going to wrap this up soon and invite taylor but what i discovered from that is um So my relationship with my dad, it didn't change all like that. You know, sometimes that's our expectations. But what I found was that there was a barrier blocking me from having this relationship with my dad that I always wanted, the hallmark relationship, the one that I saw that my friends always had, but I never really had. And and finally, this barrier was, like, knocked down. And behind this barrier, guess what it was? It was a set of staircases. Yes, staircases going uphill. but now I had this amazing choice and this opportunity to take one step at a time and to build this relationship that I always wanted deep inside. You know, I, I want a nice car and, you know, just security and all that. But really deep inside, I think what God knew that what I really, really wanted was to have this redemptive relationship with my dad, um, the one that he always dreamt of. And, and this, is one of, this is my um, last point is that um, – Obedience is one of the most self-serving things that we could do. Uh, in obedience, God unlocks um, all the potentials that he, the master planner, has for our life. And, and we have to trust, or we don't, we don't have to, but trust that God is the best planner for your life. He has everything detailed in that. He knows the deepest desires of our hearts, just like David says in the Psalms. And it, in our obedience, he allows us to unlock that. Um, and not only that, you know, I was able to share my story with my classmates the next morning. And from that, um, <coughs> a few of them actually called their parents up that day. One, one gentleman, he hasn't spoken to his mom in years because um, she just left him, um, just le- and drove away. Um, and he called her and he reconnected. And, and the last thing, um, and it was so it was crazy, I didn't, never expected it. And this is the last point is um, our personal obedience could be the answer to someone else's prayers. Um, the stepping, for, stepping stone for someone else's breakthrough. So it, maybe it's not just for us, you know. It is for us, too. It's for God, too. But it's for that other person. And that's the, it's like a win-win-win. And that's how God works. It's a win-win-win solution in our obedience. So don't be discouraged and say, oh, I have to obey. It's a one-sided thing. It's like I'm a, I'm a slave. And, you know, I'm, I'm, the losing, I'm on the losing side. Uh, it's not like that. And, actually, obedience, um, it's the best thing. That we can choose to do. And the greatest thing is, it's, it's a choice. And every single person has the ability to do it. Every single person. Um, so, with that, um, I just want to conclude. Um, just thank you for your time. And, um, and Taylor is going to be wrapping it up. And he wants to add on something on Lordship. But um, yeah, I hope you guys were able to take some things away from that. That was a value. So good,
0: man. Way to go. Way to go. I'm literally already getting texts from the Crux team that's like, quote, obedience will not always fulfill your expectation, but will always be good. Kenneth Kim, you know, (laughs) you're already getting quoted, man. Way to go. All right. So good. I love that. And I love it's true. Sometimes uh, with lordship, um, it has to do with obeying what he's saying and following uh, the voice of God. But what's incredible is he's such a good dad that actual obedience creates Uh, it's almost it's selfish in the sense of when I finally give up myself, it's actually the best thing that could happen to me, you know? And, um, I'm finally free from myself, right? Which is actually now like, now I actually feel joy. I feel free. I love you said it. It'll unlock joy in your life. It's so true, right? People who obey God are happy people, just saying. All right, guys, so I'm going to go a little more teachy on um, what is uh, lordship as well, okay? Well, you hear the word lordship. The first time it ever occurs in the Bible is in Genesis 2. That's really quick, immediately, okay? It says uh, in Genesis two four. it says... <clears throat> In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. The word Lord, it is this word Yahweh. Have anyone ever heard of that word, Yahweh? Yahweh. All right, Yahweh, right? And, and what it means is it means the existing one. The one who exists. Uh, Adrian Rogers, he's a famous person. Famous person, that's all I know. He says, you don't make him Lord. He already is. You just recognize it. (laughs) He's already there. He's already Lord. In order to not risk basically pronouncing the name wrong, they took uh, the word Yahweh, the name for God, the existing one, and they changed it to this word Adonai. And so have you ever heard the word Adonai before? Um, And basically it's a Hebrew word because they were so worried about maybe accidentally saying Yahweh wrong. They're like, let's just do another name just in case, right? And so they did Adonai, and Adonai is where we get the word Lord. Adonai literally, um, what it means is it means a master, it means a husband, it means a prophet, a governor, a prince, and a king. Right? This is what it means, Adonai. Okay? Or no? I'm sorry. That's that's actually I was wrong. Add on. Okay, is the that's what it means. It means husband, master, prophet, governor, prince, king. But it means for like a person. Right? So your king is your add on. Okay, your, the husband was the add-on of the family, the, right? That's what it meant. The guy leading the synagogue was the, the add-on, right? And so, but what they did is they made it Adonai. And when they added the I part, they said what it did is it says plural and majestic now. And it only meant for God. You could only use Adonai for God. And what's crazy is it said it became, pl- it was a plural word, but it meant a singular Lord. Kind of like the Trinity, three in one, right? This word is plural and yet singular, but it means divine. And so every time they said, Lord, Adonai, what it actually meant is they were saying, my divine husband, the divine prophet, the divine king, the divine prince, the divine master, the God, the existing one, Lord. That's what it meant. If you look in your Bibles, Lord is usually capitalized. All L, all, capitalized L, capitalized O, capitalized R. Whenever you see it's all capitalized Lord, it's this word, right? And so basically um, what happened, guys, is this is what, what it meant, is that Lord was always meant to be the existing one who fulfills all these different roles in your life. A lot of times we're really good at saying God is the Lord, and I understand he's like the big boss man upstairs he created. He like winded up the galaxy and then let it start ticking like I get that. But is he Lord, the master of every role in your life? Is he your husband first? Is he the prophet first that you turn to? Is he the king first before your government? Is he, right? Every role of your life, is he the existing one? Does he exist in every part of your life or only in the parts where you want him to exist? right? This is another famous person, John Stott. He said, when Jesus is truly our Lord, he directs our lives and we gladly obey him. That's what Kenneth was talking about. Indeed, we bring every part of our life underneath his lordship. Our home, our family, our sexuality, our marriage, our job, our unemployment, our money, our possessions, our ambitions, and even our recreations. All of it, he becomes the existing one in every single part of your life. That's when he is Lord of your life. One, uh, one famous guy, I actually know him, Lauren Cunningham. He started YWAM. He said, if God is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. You cannot say, God, you can be Lord of church and you created me in great, but I get to choose. Uh, I, I want, I'm not going to ask you, I want this relationship or I want this major. I want this job. I want this degree. And God, I hope you bless it. That means he's not Lord at all because he's either Lord of all or not at all. Right. And so I want to show you, though, that Jesus is is Lord. Basically, when we hear this word uh, Lord, the English word for it, it just means the supreme, like the guy in charge, like your landlord, the guy who's the ruler of the land. He owns the land. That's what the English word means. So we lost so much when we translated to to English. The Hebrew word was the all existing one in every part of your life. And in, in English, it became like the guy who owns your land and you pay him rent, right? That's like so sad, right? And so we have to figure out what, what does it mean? Basically, when Jesus came onto the scene, um, the, they weren't writing the Hebrew. It was The New Testament was written in Greek. And so the word Lord, when you look it up there, it's basically similar to ours. It means master, ruler, Lord. That's what it means. Okay? And so basically, they lost. They said, yes, he's Lord. He's in charge. But they lost all the other part of him existing in every area of my life. I could call him Lord of my lips, but my heart's not surrendered to him. I can call him Lord and say, yeah, I know you're in charge, but I don't actually give every part of my life to him. Right? And so that that's what happened a lot in the Bible. And it's kind of the exact same way with us in a lot in so many areas. We know he's in charge. We know he created everything. And yet, so often we only turn to him like after. We already chose what we wanted to do, right? And, and, or, or basically, we don't think, yeah, he's in charge. He's like the big guy. He's in charge of all of it. But does he really care about all the little things, like my thoughts? Is he lord of your thoughts? Does he care about, like, my emotions? Is he lord of my emotions? Does he care about, like, my work ethic, if I'm lazy or not, right? Going on, go on, on Instagram and Facebook all day when you're actually supposed to be at work, you know? Like, is he, does he really care? You know, what about my heart posture? What about my, my physical body, right? There's billions of people in the world. Surely, I don't know, like he's got, he's got a lot he's busy with. Does he really care about what I do with my physical body, right? And what about this relationship, right? So often we choose and then we ask him to bless it. And that's not lordship. Lordship is we ask him first. And We choose based on what he says. You know, he lets us choose. That's what Kansas was talking about. He's a good dad. He lets us choose. But then we ask him, God, what about this? Right. See, so often the the church worldwide, we haven't fully surrendered to his lordship in every area. We kind of turn a blind eye where we don't really want him to be lord. And we'll say he's lord, he's ruler. But we haven't made him the all existing one in every single area. He exists in every area of my life. John 18, um, this is where we get to see it sh- shifts. They call Jesus Lord, meaning they believe he's the ruler. He's kind of their master is what they call him. But remember, that doesn't mean they believe he's God. It doesn't mean they believe he's the existing one, right? And so what happens is Jesus is getting arrested. It's the, the night he's going to go on trial. He, they come to the garden, and he's betrayed. And all these soldiers show up, and they're going to arrest Jesus. This is in John 18. 18. And then basically they ask, "Hey, which one's Jesus?" because they're planning on arresting him. And this is what happens. Jesus, it says, "I am he," Jesus said. Judas who betrayed him was standing with them as well. And as Jesus said, "I am he," they all, meaning the hundreds of sh- soldiers, says they all drew back and they fell to the ground. See, this is what we do a lot of times is we create this soldier group of our thoughts or our arguments or our what we want it to be, and then we come out and we come in front of Jesus and we say, hey, Jesus, where are you? Can you come with this? And when we finally submit to him being Lord and we say, Jesus, you can have lordship over it, don't be surprised when it falls apart and they fall to the ground, right? You're like, oh, Jesus, this is the thing I'm doing with my life, will you bless it? And it's like, yeah, but it wasn't me in the first place and then it falls to the ground. And then we wonder, wait, I thought he was, I thought, I gave it to you. Why did it not go how I wanted it to go? Because it fell (laughs) when it finally encountered the Lord. Because it wasn't from him in the first place. And so he says, I am he. This is also a a parallel to when Moses in the Old Testament, when he says, he's at the burning bush and he says, what is your name? Who, Who do I say sent me when I'm going into Egypt? And God says, tell them, I am that I am. As his name. I am that I am. This word, once again, means I'm the all present one, the all existing one. This is what, it, what he says. And so when Jesus, when they say, hey, where's this Jesus guy? Is he here? And Jesus steps forward and he says, I am. I am he. What's crazy is this Greek word for I am, it's the same word for existing. And so Jesus says, I am the existing one. And he uses the same terminology that we see. That means Yahweh. That that means in the burning bush, he says, I am that I am. And he confesses, I am the all existing one in every situation. And everything bows and falls down. Kind of like when it says that every knee will bow and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is lordship. When everything in your life bows to the existing one everything in your life falls back and bows to him so if you if you present your plans to god and they start to fall don't be surprised it means he's taking lordship over it right so often i make a plan i'm like here you go god bless it oh no why is it falling (laughs) it's like well because i'm you finally let me be lord (laughs) right if only we started there You could have built on that, you know, right? So a guy named Keith Green, he said, that's what lordship is, Christ reigning as supreme authority over our life, making Jesus Lord of our life. It's not something passive. It is not a state of being. It is a state of doing. Those whom Jesus recognizes as his own are those who do the will of of his father in heaven. It's not just about knowing Jesus. Yeah, I know you're the big guy upstairs. I know you're the ruler. It's not about that. It's about inviting him to make every, every area of your life bow, inviting him to become the existing one who exists in every single area of your life, big and small. Like, for example, your music, right? Little things like that. That's what I'm talking about. Present it to Jesus and be like, hey, what do you think about this music? And he might be like, dude, it's trash, <laughs> right? You know? Or he might be like, I love it. It's great, awesome, you know? Are you willing to give that to him, though? What about the shows and your entertainment? I'm going to go watch a horror movie in the theaters, and I'm hoping Jesus stands right there with me. And he's like, dude, I'll be outside. I don't know. I don't want to watch that, right? You know? Like, are you submitting it to the Lord? Jesus, should I go see that rated R or whatever, whatever film? Sure, there's, it says there's nudity and there's other stuff. Did, you even, did we ask Jesus? Did we invite him into it? That He's not Lord of it. Right? I have nothing against the, the radar. Passion in Christ is rated, rated R, right? But, but, but why is it? And have I submitted it to Jesus, right? And if you feel like he says, yeah, go for it, then you're good. You submitted it to him, right? What about that relationship? Right? God, what do you think about that? He's like, Sketch. you get one word Lord what are you saying sketchy (laughs) right Right? have you given it to him he gives us the free will to choose out of love but he also asks for us to just present it to him God what do you think about this relationship and he wants to guide you you will be happier with the right person that he gave to you right because it unlocks joy you'll be so much happier than the person you think it's meant to be and you're trying to force it to happen right? Are you submitting that relationship, even your major in college? I had a friend who just said, I always, I was meant to be an engineer. And then two years in, he realized that he hated it. And then when he asked God, God, what do I study? God said, English. And he said, crap. (laughs) He said, dang it, right? And then he became an English major, got his English degree. And he's like, I wish I would have asked like two years ago. Oh, right? And so and he was so much happier studying English because it unlocked joy because he obeyed God even though it was hard. And then the joy came out. And he's been blessed because of his obedience to study the thing God wanted him to study. Do we do this in every area of life? Our, our thoughts, our mind, our health, all of it. All across the board. Christianity is not, Adrian Rogers says this, same famous guy from earlier. Christianity is not a cafeteria line where you say, I'll have a little salvation but no lordship right now. Oh, Adrian, I don't even know you, but man. (laughs) Matthew 7, 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. See, that's that's the difference. You can profess it, say, yeah, I believe it. Sure, he's God, he's in charge, great. And that's just a lip honoring. He says, only the ones who do the will of my Father submit to that obedience, exactly what Kenneth was saying. Only the ones who actually say, okay, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to obey you. He says, those are the ones who are going to come in. Not just the ones who are like, oh, you're master. But inside, I kind of do what I want. Real lordship, the ones who are actually going in, right, are the ones who they, they follow his will. They do what he says. Uh, Christ's lordship is a blessed hope for some and a terrifying nightmare for others. <laughs> Regardless of our response, it's an unaltered reality. That was a guy named Paul Washer. Whether we believe it or not, it's unaltered, and it's going to happen. And, and lordship is kind of like if you were drowning in the ocean, and a captain of a ship came over, and he came up to you, and he was like, and he gives you a command. He says, grab, grab the lifesaver. <laughs> Gra- grab the buoy. And you're like, don't tell me what to do. You're drowning. You don't know me. <laughs> You're going to die. There's sharks. You're so judgmental. And the captain is like, do what I say if you want to live, man. Submit to my lordship and you'll be happier when you do. And we're like, oh, sure, I'll take salvation. But the minute I'm in the boat, I'm not going to do what you say anymore. And he's like, what the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> right? This is lordship. He's, when he's telling you to do something, it's not, it's not to, like, bum you out. It's to save your life. And afterwards, you're like, oh, I'm so glad. That he saved me. You look back, you're like, that was a train wreck, and God saved me, right? <laughs> like that. Oh, you've never, no one ever regretted submitting their lordship to Jesus. First Corinthians 8.6, this is the last verse, and then we're gonna go into our small groups. First Corinthians 8.6, it says, Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things From whom are all things, sorry, and we exist for him. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom all things, and we exist through him. He says we exist, you become existing ones by submitting to the existing one. When you submit to him. This is why it's actually the kindest thing in the world for Jesus to say he's the only way. It's not close-hearted or judgmental to say all the other religions are wrong and I'm the only way, Jesus. It's actually, it's actually lordship, right? It's actually submit to him. It's actually kindness. He's throwing you a buoy. He's saying, dude, those are all sharks, man. This is the only way to get to me. Come on. And yet we get so hung up on like, he's telling me what to do. Man, if we would just get over our pride and grab the buoy, we'd be so thankful. We'd be so thankful. Let's pray. Lord, I ask God tonight that you would show us the areas of our life, uh, whether maybe it's a big, crazy thing, uh, like our future and our degree and all this stuff, or whether it's a really minute, small thing like our music or the shows we watch or the language we use. Whatever it is, God, big or small, we want you to exist in all of it, which means we want you to be Lord of all of it. We don't want to say, we'll take salvation, but I do what I want. No, God, we submit ourselves to what you want tonight. So convict us, show us how we can better obey you, knowing that that's actually the, the thing that's going to lock happiness in our life, is surrendering to you. So we surrender tonight. God asks as us, we're in our small groups, you'd reveal to us the truth. You would um, show us what we need to give up. Show us what we can let go of and show us how we can better submit to your lordship in our life. Jesus Christ, the only one, God in the flesh, our Lord, our Savior. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.